Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The name of your podcast, Chasing the Frame. And yeah. I think that's great because like ultimately it's about the process and it's about, you know, why and and and, and what we're trying to do and mm and whether we're trying to do anything or, or, or not. Um, and it's, it's been really, been really sweet. Hello to my Frame Chasers. It's Wednesday, and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today, I'm with Matthew Croyle. Matthew, how are you today, man? Hi, how are you doing? Dude, I'm, I'm not bad. It's a Sunday right now. We you know we record every day and whatever, and you know it's a great day. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I'm pretty relaxed. I'm just kind of chilling out, having some coffee, hanging out with my cat. Very nice. <laughs> very, very nice, by the way. <laughs> now, before we get into the cast, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you aren't a Patreon member, we have three different tiers for you to listen to the podcast from three days to a week early. So basically, that lower tier is a dollar, so you get to listen to the podcast three days, obviously, like I just stated. Uh, $2 is five days, and uh, $5 is a week um, you get to listen to the next week's podcast today, so that's a pretty good deal, I think. Sometimes, so if you want to, if you want to hit up with that Patreon, cool. If you don't, that's awesome too. I'm just glad you're listening. And again, guys, just to be cash, we have T-shirts now at hashtag. I'm sorry, the hashtag Frame Chaser T-shirt is out, and it's at teespring.com. That's T double E Spring S P R I N G dot com slash stores slash chasing dash the dash frame. And you can get those in V neck and crew neck from about twenty dollars to about uh twenty five ninety nine for that tri blend shirt. And I swear to you, those shirts are very soft. I've only had the tri blend and I have the uh, premium V neck, and they are both soft and so comfortable. I highly recommend buying those if you like. Again, I'm not forcing it on you. But it's an awesome shirt. It says hashtag frame chaser. So get people on that train. So let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Matthew, first question I ask everyone is where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I am from uh, Oil City, Pennsylvania. And it's about uh, an hour and a half north of Pittsburgh, about an hour south of Erie. Uh, about, uh, I would say, two hours uh, east of Cleveland. So I'm kind of like in the middle of like all these kind of little mm-hmm. hubs. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little bit away from everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm originally from. I lived in Charlotte, uh, briefly out of college. 
Um, and, uh, I've, I've been here for quite a while because, uh, you know, uh, my parents, uh, were here. And so, uh, I am actually getting ready to start my new life in New Orleans, which is really exciting. That is exciting. Um, I'll be heading down here in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and starting, starting over down there, bring, you know, bringing my, my, my creativity to the people of Louisiana, which will be pretty fun. Very exciting and very new. And <laughs> I think we were saying before the podcast, reinventing yourself in a sense too. Yeah. 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 Um, well, as you know, I am the festival director of the mm-hmm. Oil Valley Film yes. Festival here in Western Pennsylvania, and we are going into our fifth year. Nice. Uh, we bring flicks from all over the world mm-hmm. to Venango County and the oil region here. So like it, that's been, been just an absolute trip and really, really fun. And, uh, that's going to continue. Nice. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, obviously it, when I started the film festival, it was literally to bring movies that people normally wouldn't see outside, you know, like in, in your normal multiplex yeah. um, to this area because uh, Venango County and the oil region in itself mm-hmm. isn't really connected to a lot of um, uh, a bigger, broader art scene. Yeah. Uh, and so for me to be able to bring um, films, um, outside of the studio system from around the world to this area has been really, uh, really awesome and, and, uh, really rewarding for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're going to keep it going. I'm going to fly up every year mm-hmm. and, and, uh, be here for the film festival every, every September, beginning every September. And, and, uh, we'll, we'll do that as long as we can. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah. a, it's just part of who I am at this point. How, how, how many people are in that town, by the way, if I may ask, um, I would probably say there's a little bit less than 10,000 people. Here. Oh, okay. Small town. Very cool. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's a small town. Yeah. But very again, much so. Also an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. So um, do you get a lot of people from Pittsburgh coming to see the, uh, do the uh, film festival? We do actually, we get a lot of, um, we get a lot of regional filmmakers as okay. well, um, that, that submit. So there's, there are filmmakers from Pittsburgh, Erie, um, a lot of PA filmmakers, yeah. uh, Philadelphia, even the other yeah. side of the state. Um, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. And it's nice that we're able to, um, to showcase Pennsylvania filmmakers within the state. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times because those aren't movies that even people are going to see a mm-hmm. lot of the time. I love the, I love the festival aspect of things because, yeah. you know, more movies don't have distribution than do. Yeah. And so to be on the festival end of things and to run a film festival, it's really nice to be able to show people a lot of films that they normally would not see. Yeah. Uh, that, that I really enjoy. Yeah. Very nice. Now my second question, um, that was, a, mm-hmm. that other question was a part a and part B, but the second question is what is the first movie TV show actor director that, you saw and was like, I want to do this. This is this is my path in life. Well, this is really interesting. It's because it's a really tough question, yeah. and I think ultimately, ultimately, I think what it would go back to, um, and we, we got to go back way early here. So we're talking like early eighties, okay, for me. Um, <clears throat> I'm forty two, um, and so for me, I think it comes back to my father taking me to movies when I was a kid mm-hmm. um, and the earliest films that I can really remember um, for me would be um, like Return of the Jedi okay, um, and and E.T. and um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom so it's like Spielberg, yeah. Lucas those are the guys that, that were able to and that's them like really coming into their own. Yeah, no definitely. Uh, and, and so for me as, as, a, as a 
child to go to watch these movies and like it really showed me what's possible on screen mm-hmm. even at a young age like what you what you can do on screen and so that was just magical for me and i think growing up at that specific time mm-hmm. with those specific filmmakers was kind of like a a really great combination or uh, equation for me to uh to develop an interest in, in making movies and, yeah. and understanding movies and curating films and, and just celebrating them in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like also, wasn't that the new age of Hollywood or something like that? Like when they came out, like those uh, Lucas and Spielberg, it was like, it was a golden yeah, age. Was, yeah. Or was it part of the golden age of Hollywood? Something like that. It's like those I two. Don't, I don't necessarily know. It, I mean, there was, a, there was a, there was There's a large a, group of yeah. them that, that all graduated, that all kind of came out of like, like USC, USC. At, yeah, same time. So you had Milius and you had yeah. uh, Francis Ford Coppola coming yeah. out at that time with his stuff. And you had Spielberg. You know, so you had all these and Lucas, you had all these different uh, directors that are yeah. very prominent now and they all knew each other and they all hung out. Yeah. And like, so it was kind of like this, this, this handful of, of, of new filmmakers and, and, and developing the way that we, we see film today. Yeah. And uh, you saw it towards their earlier yeah, career too. You saw it towards their earlier career too. So you kind of like grew with them as well too, being a child of yeah, like growing up in the eighties in that sense. I mean, I was an 89 baby. So, I mean, I'm kind of towards that tail end of the eighties when they're still growing. So they're bigger than right, by yeah. the nineties, you know, but still like, you know, they're almost definitely, yeah, there's, but they're still, a, um, a, a big part of my life in a general sense too. I mean, like especially Spielberg and hook, you know, uh, that's a big one. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when now you're being a child and you've seen these movies and then like, uh, when do you get your first camera? Do you start like playing with your friends and start acting out as like Indiana Jones? Do you start like making up movies and as stuff like oh, that? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> so yeah, I guess back, I'm kind man. of the, cl- we bring I, it back. I guess I'm kind of the cliche, uh, old school Spielberg, yeah. uh, kind of dude, because like, I remember being like 10 and 11 years old mm-hmm running around with my dad's eight millimeter movie camera yeah. just shooting anything. Um, and so I think that was kind of the start of it. And I really didn't shoot anything really myself um, that I, that I sh- would show anybody mm-hmm. um, until I got like into college and I started taking some film courses in college and they yeah. were basic film courses because uh, I graduated from Clarion university. And at the time they didn't have any kind of film program. Yeah. So there were some, there were some um, film classes that were, were kind of general film classes. There was like a screenwriting class yeah. uh, through the English department. There were some, uh, there was like a German film history class that was uh, done through the, the languages department. And so like, I would just the different um, film classes in the different departments yeah. and like take them because like that's all that I had available to me when I was in school. Yeah. And so like, I wanted to make sure that like I was, I was getting some kind of education through, um, uh, or of it, I guess. Yeah. Did, well, did the, uh, did you take the German class by the way? Film like, studies class is like the first time that I actually shot something and cut it together. Yeah. And like, and like, it was like, it was looked at by somebody and graded, you know, or, or reviewed in a sense, you know, like, so that was kind of interesting. So I was probably, I'm, I'm not sure I was like 19, I think. When, I, when, when that occurred. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually lost you for a second. You were saying, uh, I heard the film studies part. I just missed the two seconds before that, actually. 
No, yeah. So, yeah, the film studies. Um, so I think that was like literally the first time that I had cut something okay. together and was, was uh, graded on it or it was reviewed in any okay. kind of sense. And I was like 19 years old. So, yeah. what, what, um, what was so that that's really, that was really the first. I think it was called Prelude. And okay. I think it was probably about a minute and a half or two minutes long. It was like a final project for, for like a film studies class. Mm. And I think I still, I think I have it digitized still somewhere. Oh, um, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I'm sure I could probably find it somewhere. Oh my gosh. That'd be a, that's a gem probably to like go back and look at that. Yeah. Right. Nice. <laughs> um, so did you take that German class by the way? I was, I was going to ask you a German, uh, film studies uh, class. The, the, a German film class. Yes. Yeah. You did. Uh, did it <laughs> was the first movie they showed you like the cabin of Dr. Uh, Caligari. No, uh, it was uh, actually, you know, it was great because that was my first real introduction to Metropolis. To oh, really? Chris Metropolis. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah. So like I got to sit in this, you know, in this, in this classroom and like, I'm just completely engulfed in this. So like, it's literally one of my favorite movies of all. Have you, okay. So which version do you like of Metropolis? You have, you have the, uh, like the long, like the, like Georgia or well, uh, they did, the yeah, they, did version. they did a yeah. restoration of it. Yeah, they yeah. really did. And I thought that they did an amazing job with the restoration. Um, and it's definitely worth owning. Yeah, um, definitely. The original, the original stuff with what they have uh, available. Like, I mean, if you're going to watch it, you, you at least need to start with, you know, the original version yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of just work your way up <laughs> from there. But, uh, yeah, Fritz Lang, man. I is just visually, it's one of the most stunning pieces, even to this day, that you'll ever see. What was it? Uh, you know that movie, uh, Intolerance, or whatever. I think it's Intolerance. That, but uh, it's not German, but obviously, you know, um, who is it? Oh my god! Now I look it up real quick. <laughs> you have to jump on IMDb or yeah, something. Uh, intolerance, intolerance. Yeah, you'll uh, be able to chop this all oh, up together D- yeah, anyway. D. W. Griffith uh, made Intolerance, right? Mm. You know that movie? I found that like I believe it's, so. yeah, it's like the 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 sequel or whatever it is to that movie you did before. I'm blanking out on movies today. Uh, it's a long day, <laughs> um, but basically, you know, intolerance. You see some of the shit in L.A. from the set pieces. That was in one of the rotundas, and then on top of that too, mm. uh, it, I found it. Which is funny, I found it in Barnes and Noble. But I'm I'm such a purist on Blu-rays that I didn't buy it because it was on DVD. And it's one of the top like 100 films right. in their Barnes and Noble section, which I found very fascinating. Well, yeah, 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 most definitely. Oh, well, let me ask you this: yeah, like, you, 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 you spend all this time interviewing people, yeah, online here and and uh, getting their stories out for everyone to hear and mm-hmm. to uh, to talk about movies and filmmaking and stuff. Yes. What about you? What was the what was the catalyst for you as far as film goes? Like, what was your what 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 was the thing that that made you interested? Was it a person or was it, no, a, it was it a specific film? Uh, so back when I lived in Jersey, right? I lived in this town called Saraville and you could, we were like about five minutes away, like driving maybe less to ShopRite, And then ShopRite's, um, you know, mini mart of stuff. Like there's a shop, right? There's a pizza place. There's like, you know, a karate state uh, place too. And all this stuff. There's an easy video for rental. And we used to go there and we could walk there and all that stuff. And I'd always get basically, the same couple movies back to the future part two, because I don't need the first part. I just need the second part in my life. And I get ghostbusters <laughs> and I watch those religious, the original ghostbusters, the original ghostbusters. Yeah. And I probably get ghostbusters too. Cause I have actually a weird fondness of ghostbusters too. And Dr. Janusz Pohan is my spirit animal. Weirdly enough in that movie. 
<laughs> but those those three movies basically kind of just made me want to make movies, and at the same time too, like wrestling. But like, I want to be a re- WWE wrestler, then an FBI agent. But you know, like just going to the video store all the time and seeing movies and stuff like and seeing the same movies and kind of getting different ones here or there. Like that's those right. are my, those are my three loves probably of, of movies in general. Well, it's funny because like, it's funny how things can come full circle, and and uh, you know you're you're talking about a classic. Ivan Reitman flick. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, this year we have uh, new Ghostbusters yes. coming out. Yes, we do. Uh, that's being directed by Jason, his yes. son. Yes. And so it's kind of strange. Like, the, are you excited about that? Do you, have boy, you seen the trailer? Boy, oh boy, oh boy, I'm excited. Are you kidding me? I, <laughs> I am, I am amped. I'm jazzed. I even tried to reach out to Jason Reitman on Twitter once and I was like, Asked him a question about if the uh, the 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 son of him like because he played uh, the one of the sons in Ghostbusters two uh, the brown brownstone boy or whatever it's called I think he calls himself he uh, the one who's like my dad said you guys suck uh, when they're at the birthday party <laughs> so I kind of tweeted at him about that I'm like that guy gonna be in the movie is he something you know so um, he never answered back sadly but I'm very excited it would be it would be really cool if uh, if if Jason decided to do a little cameo uh, I I. I'm 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 thinking about going actually for the first time in my whole life going to a movie theater at midnight again I've done that a million times but going and dressed up as the Ghostbuster I have I have I have constantly oh, been, doing the whole cosplay oh, I, thing I might and... do it I might do it I'm I'm like ninety percent positive and, and tempted to do it like it it's just something yeah, hey yeah. you might as well hey hey listen <laughs> you can go slimer or something yeah it's funny too because like the last time i ever saw that happen by the way it's kind of uh weird because like uh you know remember when the dark knight came out i never saw so many people dressed up as the joker in my whole life right at yeah. one movie and then like people were not even dressed up as the joker i saw some guy dressed up as alfred i saw some guy dressed up as the killer croc i've seen someone dressed up as mad hatter all at this premiere for the dark knight which was insane and then on top of that the next year or like two years from now when the um, I think, or when, when Avengers came out, it might have been the same time as Dark Knight Rises, but that whole thing kind of put a damper on like people dressing up at movie theaters, which I never saw again, I feel like. It doesn't boggle your... What was that? Yeah. I lost you for a second. Such a young medium. Oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I, just, I heard, uh, does it boggle? And then okay. it kind of cut off a little bit. Okay. Um, it boggles my mind that... Um, that film still at this at this point in in its development as an as an art form i guess cinema yeah. as an art form film is actual film but just cinema as an art form the moving picture if yeah. you will um being such a young art form still um how it's it's so ingrained in culture around the world yeah at such a young age i mean you know you you know, people have been writing things down forever mm-hmm. since we've been able to, you know, since writing has been developed, yeah. you know, for thousands upon thousands of years. Yet film, uh, uh, cinema, I guess, uh, in a sense, uh, is still relatively young, but it's so ingrained. In yeah. There's something about, there's something about going to the movies and escaping and um, uh, visually seeing something yeah. um, presented front of you that's completely different from anything that's ever you know been invented before like you said it's escaping it's escapism that's what the movie theater is i mean like that's how i like i mean being i mean this might sound like it doesn't make sense but being a wrestling fan people need and people who like scoff at wrestling it's funny because it's like 
it's escapism too. It's just another form of escapism. And like, right. and that's what's so great about the movies. You escape. And that's why I hate too with people who are like, oh, that's not real enough. Oh, that wasn't real enough in the movie. Like, why do you like it's you're you're going to a movie for two hours, maybe two and a half, maybe an hour and a half, who knows? But you're escaping from all of reality to like visually be stimulated by these these stories. So I don't understand why people are like, oh, that that wasn't real enough in that Avengers movie. I'm like, it's a it's a, first of all, it's a comic. Second of all, it's a comic book movie. Third of all, you're you're at a movie theater. It's not real. <laughs> like I don't understand. Right, and I think you know. Obviously, I think I think movies. Um, it depends on you know what kind of movie is being made or being presented yeah. to you. But well, people do go to movies for different reasons too. Yeah. You know? um, I, I think I think films uh, are a great way to teach people. Um, they're also a great way to just make people forget about their own lives for a little while. Then, you know, yeah. there's ultimately different reasons why, why people go to the movies and there's different reasons why filmmakers uh, make, you know, specific kinds of movies that they do. Some people will just want to entertain people. Other people, you know, want to, want to, you know, get their point of view across or yeah. teach somebody something. Or, I mean, I guess it all just depends on, on your specific needs as to, uh, you know, as opposed, as opposed to um, any one, one specific reason why film is what film is. Yeah. So let's go back to your college real quick. So you, so what, All right. did you, you didn't go for film obviously, cause you said there's just film classes there, right? So what did you go to school right. for? Yeah. Uh, I have a bachelor of science in speech communication mm. and theater. Oh, okay. So, uh, and I actually did grow up on stage, um, oh, nice. acting on stage and stuff, mm. which was really cool uh, in high school and, yeah. and, and through college and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, as I as I, I got into my mid twenties, I, I moved away from being in front of people. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's when I started like, what do I you know asking myself, what do I have to say? Yeah, um, what you know, who am I, and what what do I need to say to people? What do I feel like I need to say to people? Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, then you know, then it just became more of uh, writing. Yeah, uh, mostly. Uh, which ultimately developed into the fact that, like, well, if I'm writing this, I might as well make it. Yeah, because no, definitely. Because you know, I don't think that, and especially in, in in a lot of filmmakers, I think feel like they they need permission to do things from people, whether it be like a studio saying, mm -hmm. "Okay, we'll make your movie for you," or we'll do. People don't. People forget that they don't need permission to make things. Yeah, like if you if you have a camera and you have a script and you have some friends, um, you can just go make something and that's okay. That's true. Because you're, you're, you're literally creating something. Um, and you're saying what you need to say. You don't do not need permission from anybody to do, make anything. Do you think and people forget that? Do you think that's more relevant though now? Cause people make a lot of things in general, like especially with you, the, the, uh, the advent of YouTube as well too, you know, like, do you feel like, you know, people don't have the permission. So they, I mean, or they, are allowed to do it because they don't need permission. They just make videos and post them online now. You know what I mean? Well, see, here's the scary thing about this. This is yeah. a, this is kind of a double-edged sword in a sense. Okay. Um, I think the free creative freedom that people have now with the technology, uh, the way that it is, mm -hmm. uh, where they can go shoot something and put it up and the entire world can watch it. Yeah. Um, you have that ability, but at the same time, it's like there's so much content now yeah. that it just, a lot of it, if not the majority of it, majority of it feels like noise. 
and it's hard to sift through the noise to find quality work. That is a great and point. I don't mean that in a bad way. No, you're um, right. I mean, I, you do have to sift through a lot of noise to find the quality work. Yeah. Um, and not trying to take anything away from people having a voice because it doesn't matter uh, what you're trying to say is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it does some movie and tell people to go kill other people. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> that's probably not no. going to be smiled upon very much. Um, but, <laughs> uh, in general, I think, I think everybody, I think everybody has, um, has something important to say. And with the technology the way that it is right now, it's, it is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. So I think, I think people, when, when they, when they decide to make something, I think, um, I think it's imperative that they sit down and they they find a way to um, to make something of quality, uh, to make something. If you're going to do it, do it right, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like you said, there's so much content out there. It's like I always tell people on the podcast, too. It's like if you're looking for something on Amazon Prime, like, you know, sometimes it's impossible <laughs> to find your movie because you have to go through. Now, you can't find it like through the customer's recommended list. You have to go through four of those before right. you find something that you might that might be someone else's, you know, that's something good. Right. So like, it's just impossible to find it. Cause there's so much, like I said, so much content out there and a lot of it too. Like again, like your opinion, it's shit. <laughs> I mean, which I agree with you. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, I think, I think if, if you're doing something um, that you care about doing, that mm-hmm. you really truly um, uh, need to do, feel that you need to do and that you care about, I think you'll take the time to market it correctly. Yeah. Um, I think you'll take the time to, um, really engage and build an audience um, with it. And that's just as important as making a movie uh, when it comes to putting something out online today. Oh yeah. Especially like you said, marketing again, like a lot, I don't think a lot of people know that too. Like people just think, Oh, this movie's so funny. It's going to go on YouTube and get a million views. It's like, no, because you have really marketed it too, in a sense. And you got to share it and stuff. Right. Or like, you know, my, my first feature film mm -hmm. that I made, uh, we, we released in uh, 24, in December of 2014. Yeah. And did it independently, did it ourselves. I had a cast and crew that spent two and a half years making this film. And we, re- you know, we released it and um, I've had to stick with it since it's been released. So, yeah. like, literally, it's like five years, <laughs> like five years later, I'm still like, I, I did a post on Twitter today, yeah. like, you can get my first feature film here, you yeah. know, like, like, it's it's one of those things that I'm always going to have to uh, to market to put yeah. out to the world, and Definitely. it's just you have to make that decision to be behind it. It's like a baby, mm. and it's like a child, and like you have to you have to carry it out into the world. And you know, like the finished product in itself is, it, you know, it lives on its own. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to have to you're always going to have to you know be behind it, pushing it a little bit. God, yeah, well, yeah, you have to. And then um, going back to you also. Um, I, thought, I was. I wanted to ask you about your theater background real quick. What was your favorite theater? What was your best theater moment? Like, what was that moment that you said I lo- like being in theater? When when did you find oh, that? Like, goodness. when did you find that bug also in theater? You're just gla- you're just glossing over that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the first show I was ever, first live show I was ever in was uh, was in high school. Mm. Um, it was a it was a musical. Uh, it was I think it was Camelot. 
okay. musical. Um, but I think I, the thing that really, that really, um, the role that really stuck with me, um, that, that I always look back most fondly on, I think was, uh, Jay Pierpont Finch and how to succeed in business without really trying. That was a role that, um, I was so in and so involved in, I, I could literally be on stage during performances and doing this and like the words are coming out of my mouth yeah. and, um, and, and I'm singing the songs, but my mind was completely somewhere else. Oh. And it was all, it was like, I could think about one thing completely and like, it's just coming out of me. Yeah. Like I didn't even have to think about what I was doing. <laughs> and so I think that was like the most, most, uh, I guess, ingrained into a role I've ever been in. Um, mm -hmm. But that was the one that I always look back on and go like, man, that was fun. Like, I remember that. Like, that was a good time. Look, uh, um, but uh, no, I mean, I stuck with that. I stuck with mm -hmm. that through college. And yeah. and uh, I I did one show when I lived in Charlotte right out of college uh, that uh, the, one of the theater directors at Theater Charlotte had written. Mm -hmm. um, I think when he was doing his... Uh, his um, master's work maybe mm -hmm. when he was in college and uh did a role down there uh, and I, that was really the last the last i'd been on stage and so i it, it's it's been quite a long time for me uh, was the was the but theater i've kind of moved away from that well, <laughs> well here's the last question about theater was it a big uh was no is north carolina a big um state of theater like i feel like is there a lot of theater things going on there um well when i lived there it was back and, you know, I graduated in 2000, uh, moved down there in fall of, yeah, it was the fall of 2000. And so it was a completely, that's like 20 years ago now. Yeah. So like, um, it was, it, it was, it was nowhere near as built up as it is now. It was, it was still relatively, uh, uh, a mid-sized, um, large American city. Yeah. Uh, there were some, there were some, um, some great theaters. Yeah. Um, I know the Blumenthal performing arts center is still there and they house, um, they house quite a few, uh, theater companies, uh, the Lunas McLohan theaters mm -hmm. there, uh, theater Charlotte's there. Um, so there, I mean, there was, there was, there was some opportunities in theater, yeah. um, in the Charlotte area at, at the time. And I'm sure even more now I would yeah. imagine. So then, like you said, you were starting to write, or stories and what were the stories that you were writing at the time? Like what were they, uh, what were they dramas action? You know, what were they? Well, the thing, the thing that I really, that I really focused on is, is there was a screenplay that I started, you know, like I was saying, I, I would, I took those, yeah. uh, film courses that I could when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And one of them was a screenwriting course. And so I, I'd started this script and it was probably about, that's like the first maybe 20 pages of a yeah. screenplay <clears throat> during, you know, during that and use yeah. that as my, as my final project. And then kind of just set it on the back burner and didn't really touch it. And, uh, living in Charlotte, I was, uh, I was, I, I got married, mm -hmm. uh, while I was living down there and then went through a divorce not too long after that. So it was like a really quick thing. And me, that was really kind of, devastating on the psyche because you think, you know, of course you think everything is going to last forever. You're young, yeah. you're invincible and you know what, you know what's going on when the truth is nobody ever really knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I, I moved back home here to Pennsylvania and, yeah. and I, uh, I pulled that. I'd already. And oh, I lost you. I lost you. I lost you when you moved back to Pennsylvania. 
Okay, so I moved back to Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. I pulled that script out. Yep. And uh, I decided, um, what do I need to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to write it. Yeah. And so uh, I was able to turn that script within, I think, about 30 days. I had a 90-page screenplay, oh, which nice. ultimately did become which ultimately did become my first feature film. Very which nice. Which became Potential Inertia, yeah. So so let's talk about that first uh, first feature then. So you wrote the script. You said it's going to become your first feature. How did you, like... Uh, I guess find the crew. Did you, you said, I'm going to direct this as well. What was it? The whole, what was your whole game plan with that? Well, my game plan with that was like, it was at that point in my life where, where the script was done. Mm-hmm. Um, life kind of went by a little bit. I did. Uh, I wrote a couple other pieces that were kind of just small, like stage pieces that yeah. nothing ever really um, happened with or anything. And then uh, at one point I was just like, you know what? If I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. Like I, I need to make this movie and, and I'm just, I'm going to do it. And my parents were both uh, alive at the time. And mm-hmm. they were like, like, we'll help you out mm-hmm. while you're making the flick. Just go make it, just go get yeah. it done. And like a lot of times people don't have the, uh, the ability or parents that are willing to be like, Hey, we'll help you out while you do this. Just yeah, go do it. That is a big plus. That's a, that's that was really, really amazing. nice of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, miss them very much every day. Um, and so I put out open casting calls and we yeah. had um, open auditions right in uh, downtown Oil City mm-hmm. at, at the National Transit Building. And we had actors um, come in from Erie, yeah. uh, Jamestown, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Oh wow! Uh, and I also had I also had um, I had opened up uh, video auditions online, so we had people sending in videos as well. Where, so where I was able to videos, I was so able like, to cast it. Where, where, like, I mean, at that time, video. Like, what year was that again? Real quick, where you made this? Um, we started shooting in. I would say this is probably late 2010, early 2011. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, like, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was earlier. I was like, wait, when did, where did people like send their video submission? Because there's like no YouTube. I was like, I was going to ask if there's any YouTube. Oh, at no, the time there's, or there's definitely YouTube. Okay, yeah, okay, there's okay. Definitely uh, YouTube. okay, just make sure, just asking, um, just asking. Yeah, <laughs> and so we were able to get it cast that way. Yeah. Um, now, um, I originally, I'm, I'm, I do play a role in the movie, and I originally wasn't going to do that, um, but it like necessity over anything mm-hmm. so like i just had this like the person that was going to do the role couldn't do the role and mm-hmm. then i was going to recast it and then do the role so i was like look i'm just going to do it so yeah. we can get it done um we did go through um a lead uh a lead actress uh that way as well there was i actually have a, a, a one scene in the film that i have uh three different versions of that scene filmed with three different actors oh, which wow. <laughs> which is pretty interesting uh, to see, uh, especially when you can, you know, you can see all three videos playing at one time, which I actually did and put it up on YouTube. Like they're overlapping each other, which is really, really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a like, really interesting process. It's like, do I like take one better, take two, which is the second person or take three? <laughs> which... <laughs> right. Right. Um, but um, we were able to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Unfortunately, neither one of my parents um, were were uh, were able to uh, live long enough to see the completed movie. I'm sorry. Uh, my mother, my mom, I believe, saw like a 45 minute like rough cut um, up until yeah. up until she passed away. I think it was the most that either one of them had got to. But at least they knew I was doing it. Yeah. And you know, they, you know, that was that was important for me. For and them they believed to, in you too. Understand. 
and they believed yeah, in you. Yeah, most definitely. They, you know, they were there for, they were literally there for everything that I've ever done as yep. far as being creative. Um, and and uh, I could have asked for better mom and dad when it kind when you know when it came to that kind of thing. Definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, we we released it in December twenty seventh, twenty fourteen, two days after Christmas, and Very nice. And it, it now lives and lives on the internet. People can buy it, and rent it digitally. <laughs> Do you have it on Amazon as well, or uh, is it, or like through a website? Just to ask, I have it. I literally have it through Pivot Share. It used to be on um, when we originally launched. It was through VHX, which eventually got bought out by uh, Vimeo. Yeah, uh, they were based out of Brooklyn. Vimeo bought them, yeah, and yeah. like that whole that that all switched up, and and so like I pulled all that off of there like the way that Vimeo was doing things. And then, um, yeah, Indie rain uh, was the, um, the Eastern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were based out of New Zealand and I had released on them for the Eastern hemisphere and then they went under. So like, I was yeah. like, all right, so like, let, let's see how we can do this. So I found pivot share, um, within the past couple of years and decided to go ahead and just upload it to that. And, yeah. and that's how people can, people can, uh, oh yeah, you just search, just Google potential inertia, and it'll it'll come up. Okay, uh, and then here's a question too, because um, about the the VHX thing, because I was always I never met anyone who uses that who use who used that service. I mean, I I, I know the yeah. Vimeo OTT yeah. thing because I I I have a I actually signed up for one for free or whatever, but no one's on it. And I just wanted to see how what was it like and all that stuff. But what was like the big? I mean, the big differences of the VHX to Vimeo when they merged. Like, what what made you go? Nah, I don't want to use this Vimeo service. Like, what what, what was what was no. that? Yeah. Oh, and I'm you're beeping. Am I? Okay, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. I don't know. I was, shouldn't have been beeping. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah. Oh, uh, that, that, that's all right. I'll, I'll restart. I'll start over on it. Yeah. Well, for me, the thing that I liked about VHX, um, and they probably weren't making a lot of money doing what they were doing, yeah. um, but um, but the way that they had things set up was completely uh, new at the time because you could you could geo block in different places and you could charge what you wanted and yeah. you could. Um, it was it was just done really really well um and it was completely it wasn't the uh, you know people are going the way of the ott stuff now and you could literally just put one movie online and you could just promote that and you could it was available you could use they had a vhx channel that was available on like yep fire stick and roku and like all this stuff and Mm -hmm. like your movie was literally just you know, a, a, a click away from everything, yeah. um, no matter what platform you were using to, to view film. So that was really nice. Um, and then, you know, Vimeo bought them and, and it went to, uh, they switched up the pay structure and they start, we're going to start charging people for specific things. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want to keep doing that if I, you know, it, yeah, it was just, it was just a weird situation. And so I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> well, you, you also had another. So I it. You also had another interesting tidbit was like you said, people are going away from the OTT service. Is why? Why is that? What what knowledge can you give to us? Well, about they're, that? they're moving towards that. Oh, to- so oh, like towards everything that. now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought, everything I now. I think. I think is 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 when when you're talking about um, developing uh, programming, uh, yeah. especially online programming, um, it's almost like it's almost like people are now expecting you to not just have one. Mm-hmm. thing like yeah, yeah. one movie 
um, they expect, you know, they, it's, it's almost like moving towards like your own Netflix yeah, or, you know, like multiple things, you know, you, you have to have like multiple things. Well, like I only have one flick. Like yeah. what if I just want to do my one movie, you know? And mm. so like you have to find the right platform that's willing to just be like, okay, you have one movie, you know, yeah. I mean, in a web series, I have a web series too that I have, uh, that I, I took to LA back in 2012. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, but like just my one movie, like I just want to sell my one movie, you well, know? And, and, yeah. and a lot of times like the platforms now don't understand that like that's a thing for some filmmakers. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to go to find your own distribution site and partner up with someone who has an OTT service then that nature. Mm-hmm. So, I, mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm always curious about that. Cause I, like I said, I'm again, I misheard you about, I thought you said people were moving away, but now I'm like, okay, they're, that makes sense. They are moving towards it. And I always thought like, yeah, they're moving towards yeah. it and it kind of away from like the singular it's, kind of, it's thing. crazy too. Cause I tell people this all the time. Like, I'm like, dude, if you really just want to make your own fucking movies and just make your own OTT platform, like which you can do, yeah. Which is easy. as long as you're as yeah. long as you're turning out product, yeah. you know. Like, but if you if you don't if you don't have if you're not like pumping stuff out all the time, there's no point on having yeah. an OTT service, like or an OTT platform. The best two things probably to do is like if if you're gonna start one is like have two movies under your belt and maybe a show, and then or partner up again. Like I was saying, but you were saying if you're only a one person movie, if you're trying to make one movie alone, then partner up with someone who made that one movie and put them on your platform so you can have that constant growth and find those people too. So you're kind of like right. being an ultimate curator producer, I guess if that's the correct term. Right now with the film festival, I could ultimately, you know, uh, I could, I could, I could offer filmmakers that are selected uh, to screen at the film festival. Yeah. I could offer to, you know, distribute their films through uh, an OTT channel that would, you know, be run and operated by well Valley film festival yeah. but then you have to you know then you have to kind of get into the whole pay of like what are, you know if somebody views it what do they get paid and what yeah. percentage what percentage split that i would do that that is you know like so like it's a weird complicated thing yeah. where somebody just has one flick and they just want to put one movie out to the world mm-hmm. like pivot share allows me to do that oh that's good that's good i never heard of pivot yeah. share i'm gonna have to look that up later so, um, my next question for you is after you made your first movie, what did you do next? Well, I definitely took some time off. Um, uh, directed a few music videos. Okay. Um, how do you like those? How do you like those really nice, uh, music videos? It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. I'm, I'm actually editing one right now. Okay. Um, that I, sh- that we just, just recently wrapped on, um, for a friend of mine, he's mm-hmm. a musician based out of New Jersey, uh, called the random Hubiac. And, uh, yeah, he's out of Asbury park. And, okay. um, nice. two years ago we released uh, a music video of his that I, that I, I, I shot and directed. And then, um, uh, this, this, you know, just this past uh, couple months, we put together another one for him. So I'm working on that now. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Excuse me. Okay. Um, and, and then, uh, I, I had written a, um, uh, I had written a, a, uh, television pilot actually I have three epi- hour long episodes written of, of this, uh, series that I'm trying to develop. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, the pilot episode was selected, um, at the Hollywood casting and film, uh, 
program that they're trying to do out in Los Angeles. Um, oh, nice. Congratulations. And so, like, I actually had to go, I, I actually had to go to LA, um, and I, I was out there for nine days just mm. to visit friends as well. Um, but like we got to, uh, do like a live reading in front of like some studio executives yeah. and things like that for, for that. Oh, so I had big. a couple LA, LA actors that, that I knew, um, rehearse, uh, with a buddy of mine out there and, you know, before I got out there and then yeah. I had a day of rehearsing with them before we, we actually went and did the reading and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But that's something that, that is in development right now. And I, I, I eventually would, would really like to focus on getting that pilot done. We had originally yeah. tried to shoot it. Um, shortly after we had released uh, Potential Inertia. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, uh, hardships happen. You run out of money. Actors yeah. can't be there. You know, like, that's just, it's like we, like we, uh, you know, we had talked about before, you're constantly reinventing and restarting and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So I think it's long, the, the important thing is, I think, People don't understand how resilient you have to be. Yeah, and especially especially in in an industry that we're in, even on the independent end of it, mm. um, especially on the independent end of it, um, you you have to again not not wait for permission from anybody. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's just a very important thing for people to remember. Yeah, and what kind of show is it? If you can, if you, if you can talk about it, if you can't, understandable. So you uh, it's, an, it's an it's an hour long uh, drama uh, drama series. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I have three episodes of it written. I have the first uh, season arc, so oh, nice. I know I know exactly where I need to go to uh, to 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 get it finished. I just got to get from A to B. Yeah. Um. I guess maybe I guess from like C to D and D to E. <laughs> um. But uh. But it's, I mean, I don't really want to give too much away about yeah, you don't it. Have to. Um, it's fine if you don't want to. I guess, I guess if I, if, I guess if I was going to sell it, if I was going to pitch it to somebody, mm-hmm. it would be like Breaking Bad meets Northern Exposure. Oh. <laughs> I never saw Northern Exposure, so I don't know what that. <laughs> I oh, you definitely have to go check that out. Okay. Like it's a, it's, it's a really, really, really amazing uh, television series. Oh my God, I don't know what this is. I, I you have to write that looks, down. Northern yeah, Exposure. I, I, Never what? Okay, I'm looking at a picture right now. The dude from uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is in it. I see that. <laughs> that's all I know. I'm pretty sure that's him. Uh, <laughs> that's I never. Yeah, I don't. Yep, I did not watch this show as a kid. I'm sorry. I'll have to, I will definitely now look it up and watch some YouTube clips of it just to understand. You'll what definitely it, have to check out. Yeah, You'll definitely. Have, yeah, it came out. It, it ran for six seasons. I didn't th- even think it ran that long. Yeah, it, that's I, pretty interesting. I mean, around that time, I was watching a lot of TJF Friday stuff. So, I mean, Full House, Home Improvement is probably what I watched most in cartoons. So, I don't know what it. Oh my gosh, CBS. Yeah, yeah, watching, yeah. You're looking at like Rob Morrow and and yeah. and and uh, those guys. It's it's really it's pretty amazing. Interesting. It's, I, it's yeah, a I'm, great, I'm gonna definitely check show. it out after you run me off the phone. <laughs> Uh, so you, so you making that. Okay. So when did you, when did you actually, here's the question. Did you make a Bible? Do you have the Bible for the show? Uh, serious, but I have an outline for the Bible. Okay. I know, you know, I just, I, I, that's, you know, one thing I really have to, uh, kind of delve into yeah. here. I know, you know, I have season one arced mm. out, so I know what's going on with season one. Mm. Um, I know how the whole thing ends. Oh, I just good. don't have the plus, right? You know, the middle. Yeah, just don't have the middle stuff uh, yeah. fleshed out yet. That's yeah, all. that's always a that's always a problem. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a story about um of of finding your identity and and maybe I guess maybe thinking that you're one thing and finding out that you're completely 
something that you didn't think you were, or didn't understand that you were. Right. Like and uh, it's an it's an it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting take. I think it's the most mature thing I've ever written. Yeah. Which I mean, it should be, you know, <laughs> being around forty and and you know, like I, I guess we should mature as writers. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, creative you, know, people. you grow up as a writer, so I think probably you're like, you know, you're still infant in your twenties when you're writing, and then you're like, you know, hit the forties, you're probably like an adult, and you're like, all right, I'm making mature things now, no more of this like funny stuff. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, and that's the funny yeah. part about it. Uh, in my first feature film I wrote, you know, like God, I was I was twenty five. Yeah, you know, and so like. I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, like mm-hmm. that's completely different. And you know, and like <laughs> than what I would write now, um, like I would yeah. completely write that story differently at this point. Well, um, well also too, if but you think at the about time it, it's what I needed. It's what I needed to, to say. So yeah. That's, but also that's, that's the important. Thing. Let me, let me add this. Uh, let me add this point. If this is correct or not, but also being 25 when you wrote it and being now 40, um, you know, you have a whole slew of other shows that are probably influencing you during that, from that 25 to 40. So oh, yeah, I think that yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. We are, we're, we're, we're utterly influenced by, uh, uh, by the things that we, we intake. Yeah. Um, and the things that we choose to intake too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll come across something that, um, maybe you didn't expect it to be as, engaging or as important uh as as you thought uh, but but it is and like you, you know those little those little moments are are lucky that you, when, when you come across something like that Definitely. um but yeah we we ultimately i think finding your voice is very important yeah and we are influenced by 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 other people and other people's writing and other people's uh, visual styles uh but i think it's important also to remember that um and maybe this is just my opinion uh, that those those styles aren't ours, oh, yeah. but they we can we can borrow from them. We yeah. can incorporate them, um, and I think we can find our own style by mixing other people's styles together to something that feels right to us. I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Actually, I, I I like you said you borrow like borrowing people's ideas. Like you know, I mean, like I like Gordon Willis a lot, and I like you know. Everyone loves Roger Deakins right now, so I like. I was the first one. Just kidding, um, right? But uh, you know, I like to use their styles and kind of like craft to my own and figure out what I how I can shoot like them and take the inspiration and like you know. Yeah. And even Tarantino Terrence, does that yeah. all the time. Even, even Terrence Malick, I like a lot too. Is his shooting and I like I try to find like well he's not really shooting he just has the vision of it but John Tolles wrote like you know or directed the Thin Blue yeah. Line or Thin Red Line sorry you know just taking yeah. those images and figuring out what I like the most to add to my style and make it my own even though people might say it's copying some stuff stuff to me I think Malik's stuff to me is very tangible it's very real yeah. it's very earthy yeah um, and and I think uh, you know utilizing his cinematographers in, in a way that mm-hmm really feels grounded. Yeah. It like, really does. I feel like a lot of people nowadays over light in a sense too. Person, my personal opinion. I think I, from yeah. what I've seen, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen, I think people over light and it's kind of annoying a little bit. Like people will think. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm a big fan of existing light myself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like existing um, light and I like to add a few, if I need to add light to it, like honestly, like if you're in a dark room and all that's in, on in the frame or in, in general, your bedroom, like light is on right. And next to your lamp, your next to your bed. I mean, if that's all that's on the, right. in, the in the damn, in the damn room, 
why not just use that light, get another light to, you know, emphasize it as a brighter source, but, you know, just use that one light and it tells so much and it wraps around so much or it has so much feel to it. I don't, and then people are bringing like hair lights. Why do you need a hair light? The, where the fuck did the hair light come from? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> now, if you, if you, I'm going to, I'm going to push you in a, in a direction here, if yeah. I may. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the work of Denson Baker. Denson Baker. Um, Let me see. Hold on. Now, Claire McCarthy, who is an amazing director in her own right. Um, mm. Denson Baker is her husband. And, um, now Claire, uh, directed, uh, the film Ophelia with Daisy Ridley. Denson shot it. And if you haven't seen Ophelia yet, um, you should definitely go and check it out because, the existing light and, and the cinematography work that, that he did on that piece is absolutely stunning. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, so that's actually Ophelia. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know what? It kind of looks familiar. I have to look at it again though, but I will definitely look at that later now. Yeah. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I'm very excited. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, like, uh, what's, what's one that I love? Uh, that, oh my God. There's a, I, I'm bl- and now I'm blanking out on the movie. I'm so excited to talk, hear, watch this Ophelia later on. Yeah. We're like, just like geeking like, out at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it happens on the show. We get into tangents and stuff like that. So it's, as my friend, friend calls it, it's off Broadway. So we're off Broadway right now. <laughs> like, it's just it's just interesting about the filmmakers today and how like everything turned into like especially like this is a whole another conversation kinda too, like what we can talk about later, but and in reality I think YouTubers like you filmmaking YouTubers are the worst because they tell you like, Hey guys, how you like perfect lighting, yada 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 and like it's like, Okay, that's cool, but half of these people don't have the money you have to have these lights. Two, it's like that there's no proper way of doing anything in filmmaking. I think it's all it's, you can't be all theory and no practice. Cause in practice you find new ways of doing things. Right. It's like going, it's like going to, it's like going to uh, USC or UCLA and getting, luckily they have great hands on, like yeah. literally that you're forced to make stuff. But yeah. like if you, if you didn't have that and you just went to USC or UCLA and just got the, got the education and not the practical mm-hmm. um like what you know isn't going to make a difference if you're not actually out there making yeah a film exactly. like if you can't put that that uh knowledge to use um then yeah it's it, yeah once you're once you're on set and you're actually yeah. physically making a picture it's a completely different thing you can have all the theory in the world and you're going to have elements coming at you that are unexpected. Yeah. You're going to have challenges that you're going to face that you, you know, you didn't think that you were going to have. So it's important, um, not only to have maybe the theoretical background, but also you need, you're not going to really learn how to make a movie unless you're actually making a movie. Yes. And I learned most of my shit. I feel like on set, I went to, you know, Rutgers in New Jersey and I went to the Mason mm-hmm. gross visual arts, uh, school of arts, uh, or art school there, which is Mason gross. And, you know, they didn't have a film department. Also, they had like a video department and that was my okay. concentration. So we're learning video art. So we're not really learning the, the basics of like, you know, we learned three point lighting or this, that, and the other thing. Right. But like, going on sets and being like, you know, a PA on some set, I learned so much that I'm like, whoa, 
okay, this is how, this is why we need people it's on set. Total, yeah. It's a totally different story. Yeah. It really is. It's like, I get the whole like one man band thing, but people need to understand that it's, it's valuable to have a team on set and a crew on set more than, you know, just one person trying to do everything. Yeah. So, um, oh, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it too? Going back to hey, you, more mi- oh. more minds, more minds together, more minds together. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a better, uh, more prolific yeah. and um and, and uh, I guess effective uh, shoot. Definitely. I mean, like everyone has a lane. Everyone has a job to do, and that's a big thing that people take, talk about on the podcast. Stay in your lane. Because I heard a few times on here, people just right? and that's the problem. People don't stay in their lane sometimes, but at the same time, like. I get it if a gaffer talks to a DP because they have to have that communication. Obviously, someone's going to sway into the lane, but in, in reality, the, the lanes are, you know, director and DP have the same lane, but the DP and uh, gaffer and grip, all those guys have the same lane too. So it's, they blend a little bit in a way, I think. Pers- and I think, I think they should because I think, yeah. you know, in order, to, in order to, to, to achieve what you want to achieve, you got to be able to, you have to be able to talk to everybody. You have yeah. to be able to understand Everybody has to be on the same page. The, that's, the communication yeah. there is a million times way more important. Yeah. Um, than than people kind of, kind of. Uh, I don't know. Movie sets are weird. Mm-hmm. Some are really really relaxed. Like I yeah. was on a Kevin Smith set. Oh, which and one? Like which that was uh, Zach and Mary make porno. Love that movie. That's awesome. And uh, that was really laid back and like yeah. really relaxed, and it was it was uh, it was nice. And then you know you go and you're on you're on, you know, like a, a, a big budget film mm-hmm. and it's like, everything's kind of static and weird and people are kind of yeah. standoffish. And it's like, so like you can have two different, completely two different, you know, types of sets. It's mm-hmm. just, you just gotta, gotta feel it out yeah. uh, for what it is, I guess, in the moment that you're in it. Yeah. So that experience is great. But and again, it's, it's feeling out what you can do the joke around with people if you can. Cause like the sets I'm on, I, I kind of try to like have a, you know, kind of like, hey, I joke around with the audio guy a lot because, like, well, the same person I work with the audio, I'm like, dude, you're my shot all the time. You know, like, I, I joke with him because people know that we have a banter back and forth. I've, like, I just have to have good banter and, like, try to keep it a positive. So I don't have, a, like, a stiff set. It's terrible. <laughs> I just right. Yeah. I just don't oh, know. I just tell it's me so what weird. To do. It's, and it's so, it's so, it feels restrictive. It's yeah. Like, you can't be creative or try new things because you're like, somebody's going to, like, look at you wrong. <laughs> tell you to like not do something or yeah, yeah it's, it's a little different that way but I mean, um it's, but it, no i know i'd like i'd like a relaxed creative environment with a with yeah. a bunch of people that are really really into telling the same story that i want to tell yeah it, it's funny too because like it's it's funny because i've been on sets where it's like you know i was in the grip department and i didn't know this because i was more i was new again and the guy's like you don't help camera because like, you know stay where you are I'm like, oh okay i'm just trying to be helpful wherever because that's why I, you know, didn't know that. So I learned that lesson there. And then like, it's funny to see also out here because it's so independent. It's, um, you know, like actors are helping out on set when they can. And it's just like, guys, yeah. you don't have to do anything. <laughs> like, just don't worry about it. Like I can, I can do that. You know, I need your help. <laughs> Cause I don't want the help from the actors for some strange reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, my, my sets are usually pretty laid back. Yeah. Um, and fun and, and, and just, you know, I, usually if I'm directing something, I know what I want. Yeah. I have a really good idea of what I want. It's just a matter of finding the best way to do it, finding the easiest way to do it. Um, what was really great on my feature is yeah. um, Matthew King, who was the lead actor, um, he went to film school at Temple. 
And so um, it was, you know, and I had never gone to film school. So yeah. it was kind of like, he was like, like I have him listed as like the first AD on the movie because like he, you know, he really was able to help me get shots set up uh, the way that I wanted to get them set up. And so he was, he was very much, it's very much as much his movie as it is mine. Yeah. Um, not only, not only in an acting standpoint, but as far as like really, really helping me uh, kind of, you know, get through my first feature film, which yeah. is cool. And, and did you learn a lot? Because I'm guessing if that was your first feature, it was your first time directing as well too. Um, no, I directed for the stage before. Okay. And I, I, uh, and I also, um, I did, I did that, did a web series, a six part web series, mm. um, that played at LA web fest back in oh, 2012. Okay. Gotcha. And, but the thing is like, it was literally, <laughs> it was literally like a one man band kind of thing. It's yeah. called monster. And it was like literally me shooting myself. <laughs> so well, that's different. Than it your... wasn't me. It, well, yeah, it wasn't me working with actors yeah. or you know, stuff like that. And actors together for the first time mm -hmm. was was my first feature. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going to ask too, because you said like you directed for stage. Now that's a, that is that how di how much difference to you was it like to you know direct for actors in a film than it was the stage? Like, was did you find it easier? Did you find it harder? Did you uh, you know what was the differences for that as well? Or like what was the well, experience? The great, the, the great thing, the great thing that I love about. Uh, about motion pictures is mm. the fact that you have as many takes as you need. <laughs> that is true. Like, <laughs> especially shooting digital, like, yeah. you know, you, you, with theater, you, you, you get them through the rehearsal process and then you set them out on stage and they go and like, that's all you can do. Like yeah. you have to like, let it live. Yeah. You know, you, 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 if they mess up, they mess up. That's it, man. <laughs> you know, they, they draw the line, they do whatever. <laughs> like there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. It's out of your hands. So in a sense, it, it's kind of, it's kind of more relieving in a way, I guess, to do theater because like once you're done with the rehearsal process, like you're done. Yeah. But like you're completely done. But at the same time, like you're, you're biting your fingernails probably on opening night, just saying like, don't right, fuck up, don't yeah, fuck up. Don't of fuck course up. you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Um, uh, but this, yeah, the thing I do like about, uh, about motion pictures is the fact that you do, especially mm -hmm. shooting digitally, get as many takes yeah. as, as you need to get it, get it the way that you want it to be. Yeah. But still, you know, I think it's imperative because on stage and acting, I think it's imperative. I, 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 I understand how actors, uh, need things. Yeah. Um, and so I, them bring as much they can um to the role and to understanding what the script is and to you know breaking down the script and, yeah. and understanding the character um and that a lot of that just the script breakdown and characterization work um came from i think more of a theater background for me mm -hmm. so understanding that and being able to to bring that to actors uh in front of a camera i think was was a really was beneficial Mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in more of a sense than just, you know, just setting down with a camera and saying like, all right, go, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. really being able to kind of get into the character and understand the script is, is, was really, really important for me Yeah, um, because important. a lot of times you can, you know, you could, you could set somebody in front of a camera and you could say, okay, I need you to say this line, uh, this way mm -hmm. and they can do it and you can end up cutting it into the, you know, whatever, you know, whatever yeah. final cut that you have. Um, but what, are, what is the actor getting out of that? Mm -hmm. You know, are they really getting anything out of that? Um, 
or are they just a puppet? You know, like yeah. they're there, they're there because they want to be there. They want to, they want to feel something. They want to understand, you know, the character that they're, that they're playing. So I think it's really, really important, uh, you know, that you, that as a director, I bring that. So let me ask you this, maybe, uh, what is your definition then as a director? Like instead of, because it sounds like, like you said, you were talking about the actors and how they bring stuff to the table. And then you have that, um, you can, you have the, you know, the, not the idea, but the ability, sorry, ability to, you know, tell them like, say it this way. You know what I mean? Like what is your, then your definition in that regard as an, as a director? Just wondering. I think, I think as a director, mm-hmm. uh, my first and foremost, um, responsibility is to, uh, to the story, yeah. to the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as long as I'm being true to the writer and I'm, um, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm utilizing all the tools that I can from yeah. the actors that are there to the lighting that's there, um, in a way that's, that's also, um, that that those people are getting something from it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's my job because ultimately, if you do it that way, you're you're gonna have a story to tell. If you're you know you shoot the script, you utilize the people around you in a way that 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 makes them uh, feel like they're important, that they're getting something out of it. Uh, I think that's the most important uh, important thing you can do. I think that's that's kind of what it is because if you're serving the story then uh you're also serving everybody else that mm-hmm. that's creating the story with you. If that makes sense. You no, know, I I I get I get what you're putting down. I think that's a very uh good perspective of how your opinion on that as well too because I'd like to you know how, how I explain this how I, how I bring that out. Now, how how I tell you my side, yeah. I I, I mean I just agree with what you're saying. I just, overall, I'm just agreeing. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you on that. <laughs> so, did you do the edit too for your feature? By the way, too, I did. You did. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. definitely had the director's cut as your as your lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I I acted in it. I directed it. I shot it. Yeah. I edited it. Um, yeah, like <laughs> did the sound did all the sound work for it. Um, so yeah, it was inter- it was well. I think it was Christopher Nolan that mm-hmm. said uh, on your first feature. Uh, I think he I, I, he he said something about um, that it's important to do as much uh, on your first feature as you possibly can because that way, um, not only can you take credit for the stuff that 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 is good, yeah, and that is right that goes right, but you're also forced to take credit for the stuff that sucks, yeah. <laughs> and that's really important uh, because if it doesn't work, then you know what you need to work on for the yep. next the next thing that you do. I never heard that from Chris Nolan, but that is like the greatest bit of insight. I think I think he I never like yeah that is the greatest bit of insight ever. I think <laughs> especially like, yeah, there's a lot of people out here that, are, that do their own films, but the problem the problem in Vegas. Let me tell you this. Let me see if you have the problem, same problem in uh, where you're at is that people don't take criticism easily. No. Yeah. You have to be able to. You have to you have to really really even if somebody's like, Your movie sucks ass. Yeah. You have to be okay with hearing that. Exactly. And that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to accept. That well and the thing is the thing is to them maybe it 
You know, I mean, because everybody has an opinion yep. and everything's subjective. Um, exactly. To, That's to what filmmaking is. It's subjective. It's, anyway. it's the biggest subjective. Well, besides painting, I think filmmaking is the biggest subjective art form of art. I think it was Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith said that uh, it doesn't matter what movie it is or how bad the movie is. Like mm-hmm. every every movie ever made is somebody's favorite movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, no, he has a good point. Even there. if it's horrible, it's somebody's favorite film. It, and it's funny. So like you, you kind of like go if that person likes it, you're like, what the hell is wrong with that person? Why the hell they like that right, film? Right. <laughs> Yeah. But you know, we're, we're all very, we're all very, uh, we all have a very subjective point of view. We all come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and we all enjoy different things. And what somebody likes, somebody might hate what somebody hates. Somebody might, you know, love to death. So, yeah. um, I think, I think the important thing as a creative person is, is as long as you're playing the game, as long as you're in the game and making stuff and putting stuff out there to the world, mm-hmm. then I think your opinion should matter. Yeah. Um, so, like, if people aren't making art or doing things like that, and they're just comment, mm-hmm. I think that's in a way kind of a parasitic existence. Yeah, uh, because they're not contributing. Mm. Uh, if 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 they really want to complain about somebody's art or something like that, um, then they should they should be building on that medium themselves as well. They so, should be contributing something to it. So let me see if I'm getting this right. All the reviews on Amazon Prime that people put in the independent <laughs> films are bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Because they're subjective <laughs> and those people aren't actually contributing and making art themselves. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some, yeah. of those, some of those are pretty uh, on the spot, though, which I have to agree with because I've seen like some shitty movies and I'm like, yeah, their their comments pretty uh pretty pretty right on the pretty nose. Pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and which is which is fine. Yeah. But I don't know. And and while the while the the commentary that they have uh, might be accurate, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's specifically valid to the extent of uh, of what it what it should be. So like yeah. uh, when people when when you're reading comments on YouTube videos and like all this stuff those people aren't making anything. Oh, yeah. They're not no. putting anything out into the world uh, for, for you know for people to judge them. Yeah. They just want to have the they just want to have the ability to judge everybody else without anybody judging them. So I, I, I as a, as a creator, I tend to try to stay away from um from I guess that 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 kind of uh, yeah knowledge of reading reading other people's stuff. Now yeah. I, you know some reviews that I've had for for my first feature uh, back day um, were really good. Some of them were really bad, but yeah. you know, you ultimately have to learn to take that criticism. But then again, ultimately you're talking about film critics or movie critics who are they even yeah. creating anything is, is criticism itself an art form, you know, like it how is. do we, <laughs> it's an art form, you know, like, <laughs> right. So I don't know. Like it's a weird thing. It's, it's just a weird headspace to be yeah. in. It's a weird, you know, like uh, I don't know. It's, I, it's just odd. I've it's always thought, like, when my first movie comes out or whatever, like something big comes out for me, and people start criticizing it, and but like I don't want to hear people saying it's good. I want to hear the negative. Actually, it's it sounds weird, but I kind of want to just hear the negative. Right? Tell thoughts. me what's wrong. Yeah. Tell me what's wrong with it, because then the next thing I do, I can exactly. fix that. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I'm like I don't want to hear like oh it's good like. If I, I always said this too, like if I was throwing a screening together, I'm not going to have my friends and family go to it 
because I don't want to hear mm. their their like their oh that was great oh that was wonderful wow that was phenomenal it's like did you really watch it or are you just saying that because you you know it's me right like I'm gonna I'm gonna invite people like twenty people on Craigslist and go who wants to see a movie for like twenty bucks free like you know or <laughs> and like just pay right. them to see it and tell me what they really think and have that honest honest opinion <laughs> like. Do your own do your own test screening yeah. with people that you have no you've never met before. Yeah, why not? That's yeah, great. That's, that's, the, a, that's, that's the best that's idea. A great idea. Yeah, because like I don't understand. Like that's the thing. Like I've been to like a couple screenings, not like a million, but like I've been to like you know I went to, when my uh, DP for this movie called Murder for Dummies. We had a whole bunch of people that were friends and family, and we had friends and family like at the bar. But I think there were some people there that were in the film community too, in general. But you know, yeah. you're at a screening and you kind of know some of these people and you don't know some of these people because you see them on Facebook or friends with them or whatever it is. But they're still coming up and saying like, "Hey, good job." They're like jerking you off. I feel like too. I like, like because I feel like everyone just jerks each other off in the community out here. You know, like just <laughs> saying positive things. Someone's real criti- critiquing. There's not many people really critiquing someone's work. It's just all like, "Oh, great job!" Oh, that person's a great. You know, never any bad things. Right. And, and, lips and I, I, I just walk around the corner. Yeah. You know. I just want to hear the bad. <laughs> That's all. I just want but to hear the do you really bad. want to hear the bad if they're not actually contributing and making anything for I mean, the medium themselves? Yes, do you really care what they say? I, yes, <laughs> because you know what? At least someone is telling me the truth, hopefully. <laughs> like, and I want to hear the, why they don't like fingers it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah you know, fingers crossed. Like, I don't want to hear, like, oh, it was great. It was good. Like, you know, I want to hear the reasons of why it's good, not just because it was good or bad. Like, and then you trying to give me this, like, half ass answer about why it was good. I want to just know that, I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> And my like like just me being negative Nancy all the time maybe <laughs> I just want to hear the bad. <laughs> like, let's be honest, maybe I just have a problem. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I think I think maybe we all we all. Uh, I think all of us that create things um, do so with at least a little part of us wanting some sort of recognition or yeah. some sort of, we, we do it cause we get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not only are we, you know, and maybe that's just, maybe that's just getting something off of our chest. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a more of a, maybe it's just a release. It could even be something as simple as that mm-hmm. or, but I, you know, ultimately, I think it, it does come down to pleasing people mm-hmm. in a sense. You want to be able to please people. So, yeah, do the negative stuff hurt? Sure. Sure it does. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it, you know, it's important that we we learn from the stuff that doesn't work and we just try to grow as yeah. artists and make something better the next time. That's very true. Now, here, when did you make your film festival? Like right after your first feature, or was it like a you know a couple year or two? The later? Oil Valley Film Festival. Um, yeah, it was about a year after mm-hmm. it was. <clears throat> I started developing it after the after the release of the film. Yeah, of my feature film. Yeah, and um, the first year was 2016. Yeah, and uh, it has grown every year since. I mean, it's not even the early bird deadline uh, this year for the 2020 festival. And we already have submissions from 12 different countries around the world. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty interesting. Yeah. What made you want to do it though? Well, like what, what made you like wake up one day and go, I want to make a, do a film festival. Was it something they always want to do? Or was it like just one day you woke up and said, Hey, let's do it. Well, I, I think after, after being, 
just a creative person myself for so long, I wanted yeah. to be able to share other people's stuff too. Mm -hmm. And because, because creating stuff by yourself or with other people, like just for your own benefit, always to me seemed kind of selfish mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and so I'm such a fan first of yeah. movies uh, that I wanted to be able to show people other people's work, not just, you know, not yeah. just my own stuff. And especially the people in the area here that I grew up in, because it's so kind of cut off um, from, from uh, uh, the film industry in itself. Um, and so I wanted to be able to bring uh, really good storytelling from around the world to this area. And that's, that's yeah. really the thing that, that was the catalyst for it. And, and you're, again, you said, like you said, you were an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh. I, uh, what was it? An yeah. hour and a half away from Cleveland also? Uh, yeah, about two hours. Two hours. I would say, yeah. You're in that uh, nice two, average, maybe two hour range of a lot of cities to, you know, get uh, big metropolitan cities to get a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Buffalo's not too yeah. far away mm -hmm. either. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, New York's not, New York's a you know it's five hours five and a half hours from yeah, New York City. I I have a weird thing about film festivals. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be a little, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real and honest with you because I like to be real and honest with my all yeah. my guests. Is like for example going to Las Vegas. I always say this about because we always talk about like the positives and the strengths and weaknesses of the community and like what can we do to improve the community. I think the problem here in our community in Vegas is that there's too many film festivals. First of all. But a lot of the film festivals are a lot of the local talent going to them. And like, you know, it's like five people are in the nomination, but it's only five people that submit it or something like that. Or like there's only two people in the in the one category because only two people submit it. So I see the problem as like these filmmakers not going to like these medium styles or going out of states for these film festivals. I'd rather have like, you know, because you have um maybe it's it's not the same in, the, in that regard about your film festival because you have all these other states coming to you in a sense like where if I was doing a film I don't want to send it to Vegas because I want to go out to like you know your film festival or uh, you know another right. state's film festival because you know what it, you get more of a real answer in that regard I think personally right see the, the, the great thing that I like about our festival is it's mm -hmm. so intimate and yeah. it's not flashy at all okay it's just a bunch of people coming together and watching some movies yeah like and I don't even charge admission to any of the screenings mm -hmm. it's 100% free people yeah. can come and just walk in and watch a bunch of flicks that's perfect and hang out now and you know you like, that's what I wanted Sorry, I'm sorry. Do, um, it, you know, it varies. Mm -hmm. It varies from year to year. This past yeah. year was was decent. Um, we get some big names in 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 our films, yeah. um, which is really really cool. Uh, we're 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 getting ready to screen this year. We we have DB Sweeney and Sean Astin did oh, a wow. short film that that DB uh, submitted for us, and I've already spoken to him on, over email and stuff yeah. and. And he's he's willing to talk to like the local media about you know about the screening and like That's all this awesome. stuff and so I mean yeah it's really really it's it's really really interesting and and um different when you're on the curation aspect of things and the, the presentation aspect yeah. of of other people's work um, but but I. I never wanted it to be this huge flashy thing. Yeah. I wanted it to be this little intimate film festival, which mm -hmm. it is. And you know, I'm, I'm I want to kind of continue it on being uh, that yeah. uh, at, at its core, I guess. Yeah. Now this being the fifth 
the fifth year to mm-hmm. the, the you know the five year anniversary. I do want to hopefully make make this a little bit more special than you know the first four years that we've done. Well, I think um, I think in regards you have to every five year anniversary is pretty big. Even the ten year anniversaries because after ten yeah. years you usually I mean it's always in five increments about like when the big big anniversaries right, yeah. are. Unless you want to be different, yeah. go six. So, <laughs> right. No, I don't know. So yeah, I you know it's it's something for me to sit down and, yeah. and contemplate. Uh, you know what I want to be able to do this year with it, but it's exciting. Yeah. And it's always, it's always, it's always great to, uh, to, to watch, watch audiences react to, to stuff that, uh, I think presenting all of these stories from around the world to people, especially in a small area like this, is they, Mm. they, they begin to understand that it doesn't matter where people are from. The stories are all the same. Yeah. And everybody, everybody really, everybody really wants the same thing yeah out of life holy moly they want they they want love they want they want love they want peace they want they you know they want to be able to provide for their family they want to experience new Mm -hmm. things like and 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 when people are able to see that in different parts of the world that's another aspect that's really really important to me is Mm -hmm. is to show how how connected we really are yeah. in a world that tries its hardest to keep us uh, separated and disconnected from each other. You know, I'm not going to lie. I like that is my mantra of things. Cause it's like, I believe everything goes through this. Everyone goes through the same type of shit, but just at different times and at different styles. And you're like, yeah. that, and that's basically what, like what you're saying is basically how I like, it's basically what I say to people. And that, and that was my thesis too, like in college, like that whole idea as like, it's feelings. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's you know, holy shit. We were speaking. We never met. This is, uh, by the way, everyone, we never met till today in the sense of like actually talking right. on the phone. So it's, right. it's funny. Like, not, I mean, I guess, I guess it's funny where we had these same ideals and we never met at all, which is wonderful. That's great. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's always nice to be able to you know sit down with somebody and kind of, and, and just find that common ground anyway. Yeah. But like, like this is this is nice to be able to like sit and talk to you yeah. and and just discuss not only you know the creative process but just you know being able to find uh, a commonality yeah. in, in a lot of things that's that's really sweet that's what you need to find too because I think like and not to get political just to I'm I'm not, I don't like to make this a political show but like I met someone who was you know a, a a fan of the Republican Party and I'm I'm more of a Democratic and we found a commonality where we 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 actually just talked for an hour. And we didn't like, you know, yeah. we found that common ground to be cordial with each other because we both said, hey, you know, we respect each other's beliefs and stuff like that. Let's have a nice conversation about what we what we see on both sides. And that like, that's the only political thing I'm going to say. But it, it's nice. It's really comforting to find commonality. Well, yeah, I think di- dialogue is important. As yes. long as dialogue is open, people are open. Yeah, definitely. 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 As definitely. long as people aren't pointing fingers, I think I think uh, I think. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, def- that is definitely a good thing. And also, like, you know, going back to my cr- gripe about the film festival thing, too, like, you know, I'm, I see this on my on my end of the spectrum, is I'm seeing people who are posting videos or pictures of the, the film festival, and there's, like, no one in there. Like, and you're saying there's an audience that are coming to see all these movies, and there's actually people in the, in the theaters seeing this, when, you know, we see basically just, like, five people that were in the movie, or, like, a, a you know, 10 people that were in the movie, you know, and it's, it's, right. it's, it's just sad to see that, you know, from my end. 
Oh, it's understandable. Like yeah. I see, I've never been to Vegas, so I don't know the, yeah. I don't know the whole layout or the, the scene or yeah. anything like that out there. Um, I've always wanted to come visit, but I've never, I've never are, actually, uh, are you going to NAB? Never, never taken the time to go out there. You, What's that? You never had an urge to go to NAB? No, no, I've never gone to Vegas. I've never been to oh. Vegas. I've never been to Vegas well, for you, anything. You need to go, you need to go to NAB at least, at least once in your life, I think. Okay. You know, the, you know, you see all the right. cameras and lights and shit like that. It's really fun. And you can get a free pass yeah. also, if you think it's about the, it. It's the flashy flashy stuff. See, yeah, I, that's, know, that's not really my scene, but, but hey. you know what too? I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I whenever I have people like that are friends of mine that come out, I don't like to show them the flash thing. I don't show them the strip. I go to like, you know, downtown Las Vegas. Yeah, there's a little flash there, but it's really not the the bars on the other side of Fremont are like, you know, it's more of a downtown atmosphere vibe and stuff like that. There's some cool stuff down there. Or like you know, I yeah. again, I don't stay on the strip. Like there's a uh, Red Rock uh a Red Rock hotel I'm not hotel Red Rock um Mountains, the Red Rock, uh, like you can go for a nice hike there. There's a Valley of Fire, which is beautiful. I haven't been there yet, but I've seen pictures and stuff like that. There's a Mount Charleston, which is a wonderful time too. Like yeah. you can go camping. I mean, there's all oh, there's there's stuff there. Like people like need to find. Like you need to be local if you go to Vegas. You don't because none of us who are locals go to a strip really like religiously. We just go here or there if we have to. It yeah yeah. So that's my Vegas spiel. If you ever want to come to Vegas, I can get, I get that. Don't don't do the don't do the <laughs> tourist thing. Do the do the local thing. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, what was I going to tell you? Okay, so so the movie the, the what was I going to say the the festival is going really well. Awesome. So you were saying now you're moving now you're still doing the festival up in PA in Oil Valley. Are you gonna Correct. Move it? You're still gonna. Are you gonna move it or no? You're just gonna leave it there. So you're just gonna go visit it every year. I'm gonna come up and and you know I obviously I can I can run and operate yeah. it online yeah. and uh, obviously the physical the, the physical location of the festival and everything will yeah. remain here in Venango County in Pennsylvania and every year we'll come up and we'll put it on for everybody and mm -hmm. and and keep doing that because like i said ultimately you know that that was the idea was yeah. to to bring films from around the world to this area for mm -hmm. for the people here uh what was it what was it like also after doing the first one what was it like the weight off your shoulders like was there a weight on your shoulders was it a lot of pressure to pull this off like and and well i mean yeah it was it was it was different i had to do a lot of research into figuring out like how you know logistically how how do i even how do i even get the films so it, you know ultimately yeah. came to uh you know came to you know how do i how do i get digital copies of the films like yeah. I, you have to reach out to every filmmaker it was just like logistically was was weird to to start it yeah to figure out um you know that aspect of it but once i got once i got that figured out um it was kind of it was kind of uh it, i don't know like it's strange because you know i have categories set up i have different blocks set up um and it was pretty much figuring out the the administrative tasks and yeah. in, in that stuff because once you get the venues um incorporated uh that's a huge weight off your shoulders yeah once you have the venues now we we utilize uh the oil city library for our short film program on day one every year okay and uh, and we also uh use the national transit building uh for day two and three it's a three-day festival uh -huh. every year and uh, we do the feature films uh and um 
and uh, like the web, uh, the new media stuff, uh, and and all that on uh, days two and three. And and I do, I actually do a, I reach out every year mm-hmm. to filmmakers that that uh, haven't even submitted, um, and I uh, I curate my own block as festival director every year to close the festival out. Oh wow. So like this past yeah this past year we had uh, we had some uh, some awesome features play. Mm. Uh, I was really happy uh, with what we were able to do and yeah. and uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing when you're when you're trying to bring things to people um, because you don't always know if it's going to work uh, if it's not going to work um, but you know we've been we've been really lucky over the past 4 years and so yeah. i'm excited for this year have you ever like uh, you know someone sent in like a drama movie and it's really just a comedy movie like the wrong <laughs> the wrong genre and you're like let me just move this over <laughs> well i mean there there have been times where people submitted under specific categories yeah. that have have done it like by accident. Oh, okay. And so like we we'll have to like shift we'll have to you know shift the category yeah. over and be like this actually belongs under here and okay. this actually belongs up here. But do you, do you contact yeah, those people do, too? Do you have to contact them and be like, hey, we're yeah moving. yeah oh. usually usually what I'll do is I'll be like um yeah you submitted this under a short and some features so. Yeah. You're about a minute yeah. long your feature. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two minutes, two minutes more. You would have hit the feature length. Yeah. But, um, you're lucky. Yeah. You're lucky this time. Next time, watch it, kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> the person like reading the email, they're like all paranoid about like, like, Oh shit. They're shit. They're the one. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, any other, well, go, let's talk about your move then. Let's talk about your move and going to new Orleans. The Orleans, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or Louisiana? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. New Orleans, Louisiana. Yep. On the uh, the the night of the third into the fourth, I'll be I'll be heading out and starting mm-hmm. my new life in New Orleans. Very exciting stuff. And then, what, what's your first thing you're planning on doing? Like, you know, getting especially getting the feet running, and finding the business, I guess. Or, or right. Well, the thing is, the thing is here. You know, I've never been like a nine to five yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, during my life, it's, it's always, you know, I, I've tried to utilize my skills, uh, to, to get by on and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and make a living and pay the bills. Yeah. Um, and so here in town, um, I'll, I'll pretty much be doing the same thing down there as, as I have here. Um, and that's doing a lot of photography work, um, a lot of videography work for events yeah. and, and, uh, weddings and, and parties and stuff like that. So here, uh, it's, it's been kind of rough because it's a small town and yeah. there's not a lot of people. Um, I think I'll be, uh, I think I'll be walking into a really great situation in New Orleans because I'm going to have the ability to have all of my equipment mm-hmm. and get down there and be like, I am here. Here's what I can offer. And, uh, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge, uh, arts community down there, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice. Um, sure. It'd be nice to, you know, to get, uh, get a nine to five, uh, when I get down there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those moments to where it's like, I have the ability to go. Yeah. I got an apartment that I'm splitting with a buddy of mine down there mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're just going to go. Or just you know, like you and I had spoken about earlier before, uh, before when we were. Um, it, it seems like it seems like people 
have to constantly reinvent themselves because yeah. there are no guarantees in life. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I think I've just been home long enough to where like, I don't need to be here anymore. My parents aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're not with us and, and you know, I'm 42 and it's like, man, I don't need to be here. I need yeah. to be out where life is happening. And so, uh, so yeah, so I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to reinvent myself once again, because that's, you know, that's what we're forced to do. And especially as creative people, yeah. um, we kind of move along those same lines in those same circles and so i'm really excited to to get down there and and meet some new people and um and really put my skills to use i guess as a you know filmmaker and as a photographer and yeah and uh and just and just really i love this city the city is absolutely amazing it's so resilient the first time i was down there Mm -hmm. was a year after katrina hit oh wow and so I was able to, within, you know, within that first year, uh, after Katrina, they were able to, I was able to see how much they were able to rebuild and, uh, just be the resilient people that they were mm-hmm. or that they are. And, uh, I, I'm in love with not only that aspect of the city, um, because they're constantly, you know, starting over again in a yeah. sense if you will too, uh, just because they, they live in a place where natural disasters happen all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but I, 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 I love the architecture, the style of the architecture that's there. The history of that city is absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it just can kind of open myself up to, and, and try to make, uh, try to make life in. So I'm excited. Yeah. I really am. And all, <laughs> and also you're like um if you think about it, you're kind of by Flo- you're by Florida, you're by Georgia too in that regard and like if there's films being made there, I mean I mean it's really a hop yeah. skip and a jump away. You're not like at the fl- Well, they call New Orleans they do call New Orleans Hollywood South. Oh, they um, do. Okay, I thought it was Georgia. There are so there are so many there's so many well, yeah, Atlanta's right there too. Yeah. So I mean it's not that far away, but there's so many films that are shot in New Orleans. It's, it's crazy. Did not know that. Actually. It's absolutely not. Yeah. I, wow. So I'm excited, you know, just having, having the industry there, mm-hmm. uh, in that capacity yeah. is nice because, you know, hopefully I'll get to work on some stuff. Um, you know, some studio stuff uh, yeah. there. Always a plus. Um, right? But, uh, yeah, always a plus. It really is. It's always a plus. Uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, uh, are you planning on doing another feature film anytime soon? Or are you like, uh, besides your, besides that, I know you're working on that TV series. Is there anything in the back of your mind that like, I kind of want to make another feature? I am, I am writing, uh, uh, feature script that mm-hmm. I've ever written. Uh, the first one, obviously we made, yeah. uh, this is, I'm delving into, I don't want to like, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but, um, I'm delving into a genre of horror, oh, into okay. the genre of horror. Uh, I've never written horror before. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's a, that's a, a new experience for me. It's interesting. Has that it I been a challenge to, so far uh, for you? Yeah, it yeah. has. Yeah, it has. Um, I'm about uh, halfway through the first draft and it's just been, it's been weird because a lot more research done here. I, uh, I look back to things in authors, stories and authors like, uh, like, uh, at the mountains of madness or like HP Lovecraft yeah. and, and, um, Stephen King stuff. And so for me, uh, those kind of influences, uh, when I'm writing, I, I, I don't want it just to be this simple, basic core thing. I, I think I need it to be, 
scary in the fact that it, you know, whatever I'm writing about is way bigger and way yeah. more inc- in- incomprehensible than humans can can really understand. Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess that, that's really all I'm going to say about it. I, but. Mean, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because someone mentioned horror films and like there's more to horror films than just trying to be scary. Like you said, you're trying to find – right. Like, there's always something behind the horror film. Like, you know, uh, what's the one I'm thinking? I there's a mythology to yeah. a lot of a lot of King stuff and a lot of Lovecraft stuff yeah. that really that really uh, haunts me when I think about scary stories, yeah. or that that sticks with me when I think about um, uh, writers having different mythologies. And so it's yeah, it's it's. It's been a task yeah. so far. There's been a lot of research done into a lot of different uh, different stories that I've read in the past and different mythologies that I've gotten into as a as a reader as well. Yeah. So, have you ever read The Long Walk by Stephen King? I have not. Oh, that is my favorite one of my favorite Stephen King books. To be honest, um, it's actually yeah. he, wrote his, he wrote his Richard Bachman, and then you know, then obviously they, they okay. Stephen King, but like it's about. Right. Real quick, it's about 100 boys and they had to walk three miles an hour, basically. And they had to keep walking, keep walking. They can't stop. And basically, if they stop three times, they get killed. Well, that's extremely horrifying. It is. <laughs> it's a, it, honestly, I, I read that I read that book in a ba- uh, day and a half, maybe. I literally read it from start. Is it novella length or is it novella length? What is novella length? I don't know <laughs> how long you would say like novella length. It's... Uh, well, I mean, it can vary. Uh, like, it's not like a three hundred page novel, is it? No, it is actually. It's three hundred eighty four pages. I just looked at the Wikipedia. Well, then it's a novel. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a novel. Yeah. I mean, I guess the novella. I don't know. A novella, I guess would would maybe like. I, I guess you could probably put it what like fifty thousand words or more, and mm. thing between maybe like twenty thousand and fifty thousand. Probably oh, okay. more novella length than anything. I mean, that's just kind of rough guess off the top of my head. I just think I tell a novella. <laughs> Whenever I hear a novella. But, yeah, I mean, his short story, he's got a short story too. Like, he's just, he's so prolific as yeah. far as just like churning things out. His mind is constantly going. Oh. I, just, I absolutely love that about him. And even to this day, like, I, like, I follow him on Twitter, yeah. you know, <laughs> just, to, just to like see what he has to say, like just random things or... Him and, his, uh, even his commentary, day to day commentary. I love him and Brett Easton Ellis. That's uh, those are my two favorite authors, actually. Are you an Ellis fan? Oh too? yeah, wow. I, okay. I've read, I read American Psycho. I've read the Laws of Attraction, uh, the Rules of Attraction. Uh, yeah. What was it? I read uh, Less Than Zero, and then I I had to buy him. I have Bedroom. a I have a first edition hardcover Less Than Zero oh, that my father. Did you bought. Did you read uh, Imperial Bedrooms? By the way, I have not yet. No, that one's interesting because it's basically like the true sequel to less than zero. And it also like in the first couple pages, it's been a long time since I read it. Cause I read it when it first came out, but uh, basically they say like whatever you saw in the movie was like false. Like the movie like didn't know justice. Like it, cause it's like, um, I forgot the character's name, but it's basically like him saying like, I think it's Andrew McCarthy's character. I'm like blanking on the character names here, but he's like, so he's talking about like his life and it's like how someone made it into a movie right. and how they got completely wrong or some shit like that. So I would love to see that Imperial Bedrooms with the less than zero cast in that movie. In a movie, well, that would be pretty. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I think I think one of my 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 favorite Brett pieces was Lunar Park. You know, someone told me I should read that. I should check. I should now check that out. It's it's really kind of metafictional because yeah. 
Is it about him? It's a fictionalized version of himself. Yeah, okay. The main character. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's pretty interesting. I, I still love American Psycho, the book. I actually love it more than the movie because the book's just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The bu- yeah. It's so dark. It's and there's it's so many dark. there's so many interesting like little sections like he talk like I love how he talks about Whitney Houston in one chapter and then like he'll talk about like he brought an Uzi to the gym. I always never forget that Genesis and Phil Collins and yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my god! It's the just, the materialistic uh, uh, obsession yeah. of of uh, of these of these people and, and the way he brings that out in the writing just to, it's so it's so surreal man <laughs> and I'll never forget like because he has so much he has so interesting information pieces in that like he mentions HD video in like in American Psycho and I'm like they're talking about <clears throat> HD in the fucking 80s that's crazy I'm like, well, I mean, what the novel came out in what ninety one, so uh, he was writing it yeah. late eighties. So, so yeah. it's it's yeah. crazy. Like they were thinking about HD video back then, which I'm like, oh, I thought it's a more new concept in the sense of like, <laughs> you know, in the two thousands when they like thought about it, I thought it was more of a, it was more of that than it was like in the eighties thinking about that t- technology. I'm like, now I'm curious of when they started talking about four K and like when they're do whole that whole transition too. Then because it's just it's just like what, like it blew my mind. <laughs> So are you a um, are you a gearophile or or are you uh, are you, um, you if it shoots to something then you'll use it? <laughs> I don't know. I li- I like looking up gear honestly, but I don't give a shit what camera I'm using. I mean, maybe I do. I don't I have no idea. I just want to shoot something. Like you know, I don't. Right, I, don't right. need, I don't need 8K. I mean, that's nice if I shot an 8K, but at the same time, I can get it done in 6K, 4K. I don't know about 1080 anymore. I might be a little bit too much about that. I mean, 1080 works. <laughs> Maybe, okay. if I'm, I'm shooting like like you know 480. I don't want to shoot 480. I'll shoot anything 720 and higher because I shoot 720 for work at the news station. That's what we shoot still. We shoot. Okay. We're the only station in on Vegas that shoots 720 still because ABC. Uh, I, that's what that's what I showed the the latest music video. In yeah. That, that I'm, I'm editing right now. And you I can't just really tell the difference on a, on a low end on a yeah. low end SLR DSLR. Yeah. You can't tell the difference between 720 and 1080. I think personally, I don't see a difference. No, I mean no, not really. Like you, you can see a difference when you get the 4K, but like 1080 and 720 are so close. I feel like that I'm not pixel peeping for shit. Like I know some people who do. I'm just, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I there's something, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, and there's something though that I, it seems to bother me about the more clear it gets. Like yeah. the, I don't like it. You, you know what the, <laughs> no, the, I think the problem is too. It's like there's refresh rates on like TVs now that are ridiculous. Yeah. And, Oh yeah. There's and, actual settings yeah. uh, for that. And there, there's, uh, I, I, trying to think of who it was that that, that was um, lobbying against this because it's like this this uh, motion smoothing kind of thing to where it 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 looks like it's shot on video and yes. it's not like I yeah worked, i worked at really target. strange i worked at target in the electronic section and i remember like seeing all the tv and they were showing like an svu i think you know commercial or something like that and it's like 120 refresh rate. I'm like, this looks so fake. And I'm like, are they shooting in 60 yeah. frames or just the refresh rate, which bugs me. And I don't like, I don't like shooting in 60 frames much because I'm like, I don't. I mean, my camera only shoots 24 and 30 because I have the Blackmagic uh, production 4K camera. But like, nice. I'm not a big 60 frames fan. I'm like, if I have to shoot slow motion, well, the thing yes. is, I mean, if you're if you're shooting that, if you're meaning to shoot in in you know at those high frame rates or you know there's there's that's one thing. Yeah. You're, it, but, it all comes, I think, to the to to the intention of the filmmaker. Yeah. Like if if I shoot, say I shoot, 
fish shooting 35 millimeter film mm-hmm. at 24 frames a second, um, like I want audiences to be able to see that film yeah. that way. Exactly. I don't need, I don't need a digital copy of it going into like a, a, a television and a brand new HD TV mm-hmm. with the, with the motion smoothing, making it look like video. I don't, that's just not what I want. I think so. You know what I mean? I think someone just told me recently, there's going to be like a cinematic mode where the, how the filmmakers want you to see it like on TVs now or some shit like that. I the, think that they should probably implement that. Somehow. Yeah. Cause yeah, like, you know what too, everyone, t- everyone talks about sharper, this sharper, that like, you know, I'm like, yeah, but then it's too sharp. Then we're going into this whole video yeah. thing and people call it cinematic. And I'm like, hey, really fucking cinematic dog like 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 i love i just hate that term being thrown around a lot Cine, cin, it's cinematic I think if we're moving away from actual celluloid we should at least yeah. still be able to um appreciate mm-hmm. uh what it looks like well did you i think there's an article saying like a lot more films this year at the oscars were filmed in 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 film than there was in the last previous years and that's great yeah i mean i, I, I there's also this other theory i have too is like if if ninety percent of the people if if we shot in film, I think ninety percent of the people that were in the film, like makers, would not be filmmakers because no one would know how to shoot film yeah. and be like like right. lost in the pro- I'd be lost in the process. I I know how to shoot like you know still photography, thirty five millimeter stuff like that, but I never went for film school where we were learning hands on film. You know, so I right, like, yeah. right. I mean, but but. The- where like luckily like me growing up when I grew up yeah. I was able to start shooting on like an eight millimeter super yeah. eight camera and so like I can I can kind of understand I I built aspects of stuff and and things like that without even having gone to film school mm-hmm. like I at least have the experience of, of shooting on real film yeah. and understanding uh, understanding the process of it definitely I mean. I, I mean shooting I mean shooting thirty five was great too, but like me trying to print my thirty five millimeter is another story. <laughs> like, yeah. I never, send it away. Just send it to the lab. You'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that'd be great. Because like you know what? It may it was great when uh like you can so in, in college we couldn't process like make the we could make the thirty five millimeter black and white, like you know, with the stop, the all that shit, right? But if we're we we're trying right. to make it into color, we have to send that out to a lab because the process apparently was too dangerous to do in school. And now good luck finding a lab. That's yeah, the whole no, thing. Yeah, I mean there's like only a handful left, I think, maybe. Yeah. Less than I don't even I'm not gonna throw a number because I'm gonna be wrong anyway, probably. But I mean, shit. I thought you were going to go Brad East Nellis on me there and go less than zero. No, but you didn't. no, sorry. I was that would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, you got me there. Shit. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm getting giddy now. We've been on the phone for like two hours. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, shit. I don't know. You, this isn't going to be, I may, this might be the longest podcast, but it might not be. Who knows? The longest <laughs> one's been three and a half hours. So. I, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of it, you'll, you'll end up cutting out. I, don't, a lot I know it. it's funny. I don't cut a lot of this shit out because I think a lot of it's very important. No matter what, I want people to enjoy listening to this podcast and like, yeah, I'll cut out right. certain things if it doesn't make sense or if like, you know, you know, if, if it sounds like, like it won't sound good for you. I'll cut shit out, but like other than that, I kind of keep it right. raw because I like I like I like the conversation. I like like you know it's even when we get on off tangent shit. Like there's always something valuable from what we're saying. I feel like too. Yeah, I kind of I agree with you. Uh, but uh, going back to like the 4k and stuff like that too it's like i just yeah it's 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 really the going back to my gripe with youtubers man where they're like all about like high resolution high like frame rates and right, shit like that too. right well that's you know i'm the kind of person i'm the kind of filmmaker that like if it 
if it shoots, if it shoots a picture, yeah, I'll I'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, like I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to shoot in like ultra HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's there's so many people out there that act, uh, and and this is another another thing mm-hmm. uh, that they they that's all they are is they're they're gearheads they're yeah. gearophiles that's they, they they're so concerned about with what they're shooting on they're not actually shooting anything yeah. they're just worried about what like, gear they have it's i mean i don't know about like you know people talk about also like proper exposure and shit like that i'm like but in reality like to get it come across your thing are you really properly exposing someone when they're supposed to be in like the dark corner of the room with one light source you can't like you improperly expose i guess for the face but you can't properly expose for everything else then like then it right. goes into a whole thing about like lighting where then it's like well we need to get a nice backlight on them like but but they're in the corner of the room why are we going to use a backlight why are we going to try to like right. pop out their you know headroom or whatever or pop out their you know the back of them or whatever the backlight you know or there's no fill to that it's just one fucking light source dog <laughs> there's so many people that 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 they just talk and don't do. Yeah, and it's imperative that if you're gonna if you, if you if you want to if you want to make stuff, then then make stuff. Yeah. Um, like I said, like even like there's there's people on YouTube. They're all over YouTube, and whether or not it's just YouTube or another video site or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned this. I did a um. I did a guest lecture at my alma mater, Clearing University, back mm. in 2013. Oh, nice! And I was speaking about creativity and writing, and and there's so many people online that will will tell you you have to you have to um you have this is how you need to write you, you know you have to do this at this time of day to get yeah. up here like you you need to find your own way to do things. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and whether that's um, whether that's shooting a, a film or whether that's uh, writing a script or what, like there's no specific way that's going to work for everybody. Yeah. And there's so many people that are online jumping online trying to get views that are trying to tell you how you need to do things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just. I'm just not a fan of authority anyway, yeah. but these people are the farthest from authority yeah, that you're going to get. Like, here's they're the thing literally too. just going online trying to tell you what to do. And also, like, what have they shot? Because like, it's like they never show any of their fucking work. I mean, that's right. like, that's another... That's also here... here well, let's get into this, actually. What, like, from... From being in your town, you're in um, Oil Valley. What is the, what are the strengths and weaknesses of your film community? Like, what are what are what do you have you seen in that film in your film community in your in your town? That's you know the strengths and weaknesses, and what can you guys do to uh, you know get to that next level? If I may ask. Well, there is no film community here. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the only yeah. the only the only thing we have right now is is the Oil Valley Film Festival. Uh, that I launched and yeah. um, and uh, my feature film that was shot here. Uh, there is there's there's I don't have there's no real precedent for anything yeah. here. Okay. Um, I remember when I was sh- when I was shooting the feature. Um, there's nothing in the city, but I, I didn't have to get a filming permits. So I didn't yeah. have to do anything. Oh wow, that's nice. Because there was no precedent. There was no precedent for it. Yeah. 
Um, the only thing I would have had to have done, like if I was going to put somebody's uh, a business facade in a mm. shot, I would have to get permission to, you know, have their, their business name or something yeah. in the shot. So I just made sure that I didn't shoot any of that stuff. So it was nice to be able to just have free reign uh, to go and, mm-hmm. and film. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because there is no actual film community here, uh, in town, uh, in the, in the, uh, region in itself, I guess the immediate region, in itself, mm. um, it's hard to, it's hard to find, um, people that are really, really willing to, uh, collaborate with you, yeah. people that are really willing to champion your stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I've always kind of faced that, um, being here, yeah. uh, which has been, been difficult. And I think, you know, obviously with the move and going to a, a, a larger metro area and a creative area, uh, like new Orleans, I think I'll have, a, I'll, I'll, I'll have more people that are more like-minded around me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that'll, that'll definitely be beneficial as far as, uh, as far as, you know, doing the stuff that I want to do, but yeah, it's been tough, man. Yeah. It's tough being here I, in the I, 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 I mean, I find it interesting too, especially you running the film festival for the last, you know, four years there, going on your fifth year. I'm surprised you didn't start a small community of people, of like-minded individuals to make a film community, you know? It's, like, I, it's, it's, just, it's always been me. It's always been me reaching out to yeah. uh, people to be in my stuff yeah. or bringing people from other cities in yeah. to work on it. Okay. Um, yeah, like this latest music video that I'm I'm cutting right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the actors uh, is the sister of the guy who the music video is for. Yeah, uh, and the other uh, is an actor from down in Pittsburgh who drove up for two days to 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 film. So mm-hmm. it's like I've I've always had to reach out beyond uh, the immediate area to get to get uh, projects done yeah. because. Um, the talent pool here isn't as large. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I, it's just, there is that, that, that sense of, of, uh, film community, mm-hmm. uh, that it, it just doesn't exist. Wow. And that's unfortunate. That is pretty sad. I hope, I hope, I hope like not, not to sound like wished on you, but like, I hope there's a film community that grows or starts up after you leave at least. So when you come back every year for your film festival, it, it, there, yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice. Yeah. It would well, be you nice. Know, here's yeah. hoping, here's praying, and here's... <laughs> Pardon me. No, it's all good. No worries. So, um, here's another question for you. Like, what's that... La- we're wrapping up the interview uh, here. Uh, what's the last, like, bit of, you know, tidbit of information or nugget that you want to give out to the people that have been listening to the podcast? Well, I think um, uh, uh, you said wrapping wrapping up. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, that's, you know, it's it's tough. It's been nice to be able to sit here and kind of take a deep dive and mm-hmm. just just bull crap about a bunch of stuff, which I always really enjoy. Yeah. And it's been awesome talking to you. It's been awesome talking to you too. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. It, it ultimately comes down to, I mean, you're talking about this, this you're, the name of your podcast, chasing the frame. And yeah. I think that's great because like, ultimately it's about the process and it's about, you know, why and, 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 and what we're trying to do. And, mm-hmm and whether we're trying to do anything or, or, or not. Um, and it's, it's been really, been really sweet. So I think, I think the thing that I, I guess I would say to anybody listening, um, that's maybe never, never made a film or is waiting for permission. Once again, um, you don't have to do that. 
Like if you want to make something, if you have an idea um, and you want to make something, get your friends together, go to Best Buy and buy a video camera, um, come up with a story, write it down and go shoot it because you don't need anybody to tell you uh, that it's okay to do that because you don't need their permission to do it. That's the, you know, ultimately it's the more stuff we're able to create, uh, the more chance we are to be able to create things that, that really say something really matter. That's very true. And also, you know, your whole permission thing also rings the idea. Now I think about it too. It's like, you know, that old saying, like, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness or whatever. I think that's the correct term. Yeah. So well, yeah, there you go. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for ask for permission. Try to get like through, uh, five lines of red tape. Very, very much so, yeah. So, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, and then also, what is your social media, if you'd like to get that out? Uh, my social media. Oh, I can jump online here. Um, so uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at okay. uh, twitter.com slash Matt Croyle, at Matt Croyle on Twitter. Um, and then uh, on Instagram, it's uh, Matt Croyle Official. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hit me up on there. Follow me. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll post some stuff that's going on. You can, you guys can uh, follow my my crazy little move down to New Orleans and and uh, what's going on down there. So, well, we will definitely have you as a guest another time. I mean, talk about your whole move I, to New Orleans. I appreciate it, John. I yeah. really do. Yeah, man, I appreciate. Thank you, Matt uh, Matthew, for like you know. Yeah, I, I think you're the one who reached out to me about like you know seeing the. I guess the podcast. I mean, I guess because uh, I I did a whole. Um, uh, page boost just to see get people to you know interested hopefully and you know, right yeah, yeah. And, no and that I, was great and yeah because i was like well i don't have anyone i, don't, I can I have 900 friends on facebook but i know 900 of them aren't gonna you know freaking like the page so i'm like let me boost the page and see who, who likes the post and i like just invite them to the page in general and i believe you reached out to me first uh you know and it was it was like, oh shit okay i'm like then let me see if he wants to be on the podcast yeah i totally said. did so like it, it, it was like, oh, happy accidents i think it was awesome to like have this opportunity to talk to you and like you know pick your brain because i love hearing people's stories by the way so like that's i mean that's the reason of the podcast as you as you know so yeah that's a great thing. I think you're doing a really great job with it. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you again, guys, for listening to the podcast. Remember we're on uh, to subscribe. We're on basically Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, Tune, uh, TuneIn.com, I believe. It's, it, the app is TuneIn Radio. Uh, it's a great app, by the way. You guys check that out if you don't have it. And, uh, you know, basically, if you're part of the Patreon, thank you. If you're not part of the Patreon, cool too i totally understand but i do have plans for this podcast bigger things i mean we have a lot of cool ideas like i always tell you guys i want to do live streaming of the podcast so we can do some open like conversations with you guys and as you guys can ask questions whatever it is we're still figuring that out but we don't have anyone on patreon at the moment to you know put that to the test so again guys um i can't do it without the love and support of you guys you're my hashtag frame chasers and again guys Thank you guys for listening and have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. We'll hopefully catch you next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Peace. Thank you again, Matthew. Thanks.